The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Today's Blitz Rewind starts now. How about today? You know, Garrett Cole pitched today, right? Like, that felt good as an Astros fan watching Jordan take him deep. And you could see how frustrated Greinke was with that. Yeah, twice. And, and that felt good to me. Just get, I know they lost the series, but knowing they beat Cole and they didn't get swept and the way Altuve broke out, I, I'm fine with the way this series finished out, and, and I'm excited. Needed something positive. Yeah. Right? Altuve, something positive. I saw a lot of smoke around the Browns should trade Baker Mayfield for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you could plug in Rodgers in many places yeah. right now. And then you have teams like the Broncos. They've been thrown around. The Raiders. Yeah. Does any of that make sense to you? I mean, the Raiders, that offensive line is garbage. He's going to be hurt so fast. That doesn't make sense to me. At least in Denver, Portland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Noah Fan. I mean, there's a lot of weapons on that team. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Welcome back. One hour left in the show. This is Moneyline. If you're not familiar with us, we are the Sunday show here every single Sunday on ESPN 97.5 from 10 to noon. If you like what you hear, check us out. This is what we do. This is what we're about. 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open at Moneyline 97.5, which is where you can find us on Twitter. That's Josh Jordan. I'm Jerry Bowe. Let's, let's get, man, the Twitter is acting wild today. It is. But I wanted to switch gears a little bit from we've been super sportsy. I just wanted to get to... Uh, a headline that caught my attention, when I think of good movies, man, movies that that uh, that I can sit down and watch at, at any point, over and over, I think of Blow. How do you feel about Blow? It's a great movie. I, I know where you're going with this. I won't spoil it, but, man, it, it really is. It's a great movie. It's one of those movies, like, when it's on, you just kind of watch it. You know, you don't turn it off. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. Johnny Depp, great movie. Boston George. George Young of Johnny Depp's Blow movie the famous has passed away i uh i you know i i, I after watching the movie i kind of wanted to really because you know how movies trying to they they kind of switch the storyline some so i kind of dug into his story some or whatever hey gone with the wind got to um he passed away 1942 to 2021 it was a solid ride i guess because the life that he lived i think that he he could say whenever that casket they close it for me could say i lived it up yeah 20-year sentence they gave him for running drugs. He was released in 2014. They put him back in jail for two years for violating his parole after he hit up San Diego without telling anyone. Now, his next stop was, the, unfortunately, the casket. Some people, uh, it's funny, man, because when you think of this, people glorify him in, in a way like, man, that's Boston George. But in reality, he was a criminal, wasn't he? Like, you see guys like uh, all of a sudden like Pablo Escobar. People have like Pablo Escobar shirts. And you're thinking, man, he was a criminal. He like, was. He but, killed people. Well, he gives that line in the movie, like, basically, I brought some plants across an imaginary line. You know what I mean? Like, that that was his reasoning to the judge. It didn't go over very well. I remember that line, yeah. man. <laughs> 80% of the world's cocaine was coming from Pablo Escobar and the Medellin cartel. They said that 
Boston George was one of the, the bridges to get it here to the U.S. About $420 million a week was what they were hauling in. $420 million a week. That's incredible. And that was back in, what, like the 70s or 80s or something Imagine like that? Imagine what that, yeah. they're proving in this now. You, that's why you, when you think about Pablo Escobar and you think about narcos or whatnot, and that's why I guess his name started blowing up again. I'm from Colombia. Um, I could tell you a lot about him. Uh, just, a lot of people hate him. A lot of people don't there. There's still a neighborhood there uh, with where where when he had all that money, he was going to neighborhoods with with houses and just saying, let all the poor move in. Pick your house. Pick your house. Those poor people still pass that down through, you know, through generations. They still live in there. So they 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 look up. They cherish, you know, they, they look up to him like a God. And you're thinking, man, he was a bad he was a bad hombre, like they say. Yeah, they think about him a little differently. Right. That's for sure. It's funny with, you know. What is it? it's George Young, right? In the movie Blow, it's one of those movies for me personally. I don't know about you. I love watching it during like the climb, you know, where like they're starting to do all the really cool stuff in their life, and then everything goes to hell. And that's when sometimes I check out of the movie, like you know, when Penelope Cruz is starting to screw up his life. She's going wild, yeah. And you're like, man, I, I get why he's tempted. When they get <laughs> I, pull, when they get pulled over in the car and yeah. she's acting all wild, like you that that movie. If you're listening right now, it. You felt it, you know what I mean? You felt it like that scene. You felt like, man, this is this is chaos, and and then he started getting all crazy, and then his own friend did him dirty. Yes. Like that, you felt a certain that movie made you feel a certain type of way by watching it because although you're not relating to the to the drug smuggling aspect, I hope you're not. Um, you still relate to it of the, the way the friend crossed him, or, or you know the way that the wife got with him, and the, just everything. And then the most the part that sticks out with me is this right here, and and it's towards the end of the movie when he when he talks to his father. Yeah, Ray and, Liotta. Yeah. yeah, and he leaves that message, and and man, this is what it sounded like, and this is something that I, that always sticks with me. You're the best, Dad. I just wish I could have done more for you. Wish we had more time. Anyway, may the wind always be at your back, and the sun always upon your face, and the winds of destiny. To carry you aloft to dance with the stars. I love you, Dad. You just felt that. You felt that. Get the chills. Man. Yeah, like if, yeah. if you're listening right now, you you remember when you first watched that movie and that scene right there, where he, you know, he's talking to his dad through a, a recorder, you know, and then and then they show his dad listening to that you know it, it, you just felt there's certain movies that grasp you and i just i just wanted to make sure that we got to that because blows just one of those movies and i'll forever watch it and and, and it'll forever stick with me and like so i did investigating after to to see who was boston george and i mean he was beloved he really was and i guess he lived a, i guess he lived it up he, he 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 fulfilled a lifetime of i know some of it was behind bars but he lived it up yeah, I mean, you know, you watch the beginning of that movie. He's that guy that's like, yeah, we're not making enough money. We need to go to the source. We need to get a plane. We need to go straight to Mexico. And and he put all that together, man. So yeah, he definitely had some balls, man. I'll give him that. 713-780-3776. Let's jump around a little bit here because we talked about it being Altuve's birthday, right? So then I started reading into this story. When you think about weirdo, weirdos, right? I'm not saying that John Mayer is just literally that, but he he strikes me as kind of odd at sometimes some of the gestures and things he does. Well, come to find out, he does something to to justify my thinking. 
John Mayer writes an apologetic birthday song for this woman he accidentally blew off in a photo 16 years ago. With the memory on this guy. Yeah. So the story comes along that basically someone that she knew in her family, I believe it's her son, posted a picture of his mom and saying that, hey, this is my mom beside a picture of, and it shows Mayer walking by, John Mayer, and, and basically that was, he just put that on there. Word gets back to John Mayer, and he fell some type of way, and he does this for the lady. Give me one second. The computer's a little bit stuck. All right, computer's a little stuck. Either way, though, he he decided to go to uh, Twitter, and he made her a happy birthday, basically, message. Telling her, hey, 16 years ago, I don't I don't want to sing it, so I can't do it no justice. <laughs> Why not? Uh, yeah, that, that'd, be, that'd be terrible. But basically, he, he, he sung her a song, basically saying, hey, this is a... Uh, this is me for 16 years ago blowing that opportunity with you. And uh, let me make it right. Again, uh, I can't do it no justice. But uh, he strikes me as a weird character, doesn't he? A little bit. But, man, we talk about Jeter and, and the the ladies that he's dated in his time. John Mayer's right up there with him. Like, my Lord, the gorgeous women he's dated. Give me some names in that locker room. Oh, man. I, this is one of the ones that I'm – you know, not as stoked about. It. I remember it was Jessica Simpson. Like, there's so many. It would it would take a while to go through the list. But Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes. I'll stop right there. Yeah, there's some good ones. Like, say on the list. say no more. Every every '90s kid boy just said right now, just say no more. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jessica Simpson, Cameron Diaz. Yep. Jennifer Aniston. Yep. This guy. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. This guy's he's up there with Jeter. You write my your body's a wonderland, and 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 that's what you get. Vanessa Carter, oh my gosh. I told you, man. It's I need to put some more respect when I talk. About, I take back everything I said because maybe he just acts that way. There's something. You know the girls, though, like they, they, they sometimes are attracted to those guys. Mothers, be good to your daughters. Every chick loses their mind. I mean, this is a song. hell of a one through nine lineup, right? I it, told you. Everyone's a good hitter. We got some home run hitters, some good defensive players. Minka Kelly, I mean, See, ooh, that, that's what the, are we doing here? I told you, man. I take back everything I said about this man. Yeah, John Mayer can do whatever he wants. And he was in one of, the, really one of the funniest Chappelle skits. You've seen the one, right? Where he's, they're playing guitar in the barbershop and they're trying to decide, like, by the type of music you listen to, the, all the white people love the guitar music. It's this hilarious little scene on uh, the Chappelle show back in the day. It's fantastic. 713 before we get out of this segment, me being the the gambler that I am, I always ask myself, when is enough enough, right? Like if I was to win the, let's say the World Series of Poker, would I get up within the next week and, and place a bet on something? I think the degenerate in my heart would. You right? would. Like, I know you. You would. Right? Like, <laughs> I try to convince myself I wouldn't. Like, no, I would be talking about some real investments, some this and that. And I think, nah, I'd look at that TV. Who's playing? Hmm? What? The Texans? What's uh, the, the lines? What? <laughs> Bet. Yep. Anyways, I don't see you hear these stories all the time, man. I just I, less than three years after winning a million dollar jackpot, this man goes and scratched off another lottery ticket. Another million. What? At which my point, the odds of, of hitting the first one's one thing. The odds of hitting the next one on a scratch off. I mean, wh- what are the odds of that? Then I, I started digging into it. My man's playing ten dollar tickets, though, too. So how much do you think he's blown back since that first win three years ago? That's the first thing that came to my mind. He didn't just, this wasn't the first time he went no. to a convenience store and then he hit again, right? So it reminded me of a time that I had a friend years back. 
he hit a big slot at Lake, in Lake Charles at the Harris when it was there. It was like 180 grand. Whew. They gave him for a year at the time. I thought, man, this is badass. They gave him access for a year that all he had to do was call them with two days anticipation and they would send a shuttle. It was like a excursion at the time. That's when excursions had first come out. They were like, it was real nice. They would send an excursion to Houston from Lake Charles and pick him and his party up and go back. Why? Because they, they knew that if, if he's in the casino with all that money in his bank account, he's going to blow this. Yeah, he's going to be tempted. Yeah, He's going to be tempted. And, man, I tell you, he blew a lot of that back, at least I'd say 30 or 40%, and that's after the, the 30% that Uncle Sam takes. I remember when it was all said and done, and we had cover. He ended up quitting gambling because of how much money he blew back. It, it messed with him mentally. When you blow, you know, if you make, you win 180, say they tax you 30, mm-hmm. 40, then all of a sudden what you have left, if you blow half of that and you really have nothing else to show for it, just a few vehicles, by the time those vehicles are old, you're standing back looking at yourself like, what did I do? He quit gambling. Um, but for the most part, this man hit me with the last few years talking about what do you think on this game and that game. But in, I guess in the in the public's eye, his wife's and family's eye, hopefully she's not listening right now. Um, he quit gambling because of that. I think that would make me quit maybe. Now I say that again. I'm just a degenerate at heart. I'm trying to gamble on anything. I'm trying to gamble on something right now. And when we get back, I'm going to give you a pick. This is The Blitz, ESPN 97.5. Never turn back now. Got to leave it all on the floor. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Welcome back to The Blitz. That's Josh Jordan. I'm Jerry Nose with a Z. We are Team Moneyline filling in here for AJ and Fred as they take themselves a little bit of a vacation, of a few days off. So we're going to hold fort for them. 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on the show, at Moneyline97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Just recapping a little bit of what's happened today. We can't let this show in without talking one more time about the Astros. Just a quick recap. 7-4, to four, beating the Yankees. Not only that, but avoiding the sweep. Not only that, but getting Altuve's bat going. Altuve hitting the three-run homer in the eighth inning, putting the Astros ahead on his birthday. Then you had Machete. Ninth inning, insurance runs, helping us in a, in a time that where we need insurance because we don't know what we have in that bullpen. Here we are, 7-4, to four, the 16-15 and 15 Astros. I'll take it. That's what we, we talked about in the first few segments. If you would have told me that everything that goes into the season with the, with the, with the few games of the COVID miss uh, for a few players, with, with the injuries to the pitchers, and you tell me this is where you're at now, you know what? I guess I'll take it. It's a long season. We'll take it, man. This is a celebratory show, man. That's, that, that was a big win today. I, I know they didn't win the series, but that was a big win. Altuve's birthday. Everything you said, Garrett Cole, we'll take it. Let's go, Astros. They're right at 500. They've been streaky. Let's go on a winning streak. Here goes a winning streak. Let's have a little bit of fun. This is the Zadok Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the Gym of the Day. The Zadok Jeweler Gym of the Day. Today's Gym of the Day takes us to not Florida, but Florida-like actions. All right? 
When you go to a bar in Nashville, you usually expect to get, let's call it poop-faced, right? You go in there with your friends. You want to, we're going to drink. We're going to, you know, we're going to take some shots. We're going to do this. And then when you realize that it's a Kid Rock concert at the Honky Talk Rock and Roll Steakhouse, you know it's going to get grimy. It's going to be wild. Uh, Anything goes. You tell the wife, I'll see you when I see you. And then the party starts. Well, according to reports, it was a, a poop show. Let's call it because uh, a man reportedly removed his colostomy bag at the establishment on Broadway and began swinging it. Now it's a party at the Nashville Police Department. <laughs> That's when poop hit the fan. My name is Ken. <laughs> you know, he was swinging it. During sir, that part. sir, you got to calm down. <laughs> at which point he turns around. He got the colostomy bag. We gotta, we gotta escort you out. At which point, he, this man wasn't having it. He takes the colostomy bag out, starts swinging it, and yeah, feces starts flying. I came here to hear ball with a ball, and I'm not leaving until I hear it. Well, they said you gotta, you and your bag gotta get out of here. Um, this man doesn't leave in peace. We'll come to find out. There's reports that this is the second time in three days removing the colostomy bag and swinging it. This. This man needs to be arrested. He needs to be the FBI. Need to keep an eye on him. Like we don't. I don't need to be at any concert, especially the Kid Rock one, trying to get you know poop housed, <laughs> and uh, and then he comes out doing this number. So I just don't do this. But whenever you put Kid Rock and 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 at the, I mean, I didn't even know he was still performing. Right. They, I asked so many so many questions go off in my head. Like, is this a thing at Kid Rock concerts? You know, do people just do this? Like, how often? Is he still performing? And when you talk about long lives at, at, at treating your body a certain way, he's had a good role. When you do dust in the wind to him, to Kid Rock, I mean, tell me about somebody that's partied for, for decades. Yeah, and his list isn't bad. I, I think he had like the hep C Pamela Anderson, but it's still Pamela Anderson. I don't even know why I'm going to ask this. It, if it's Pam and she tells you in her prime that she had hep C. Do, 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 do. Would you? Is that what you're going to give me here, Jerry? I mean, let's be. No one else is listening to us right now, Josh. It's just you and I talking right it's just now. Between me it's and Pam you, Pam Anderson in her prime, in her Baywatch, you know, be, uh, uh, one piece. I was going to say bikini. It wasn't even a bikini. It was a one piece. Uh, do Do you take that? I'm not going to say for the team because the team's like, no, nah, you're on your own on that yeah. one, buddy. <laughs> you're, you're on your own. You're playing tennis on that one. That's a solo sport. I mean, I'm going to be real. I'm, that's Pam Anderson. That's yes, Pam Anderson. I know Borat would do it. I, I don't know. It'd be hard to say no. Was it herpes? It was Hep C or a combination. I, I think it was just Hep C. So you know, just yeah. You know, maybe if you're careful, you don't get it. I don't know. But Aaron, yeah, in her prime, and she tells you in your face. I I mean, I got this problem, but I love you. Hell no. <laughs> Jeez. You can go love somebody else. Ooh. 713-703-776. If, if you think different, because, I mean, she was she was it, you know? Her, Daisy Fuentes. Oh, man. Bringing back some memories here. Don't look at me <laughs> like that. You took a deep breath. You're bringing back some memories here. Not too many memories. We still got 30 minutes left here. But, no, honestly, man, that's uh, when you talk about bucket lists and then and then later on, just to, to see, I'm not going to say she went down the drain, but it just, it just, after Tommy Lee, I mean, she had a list. 
Oh yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a video with her, not just Tommy Lee. There's one with like Brett Michaels, the lead singer from poison. Like she liked her some. I've heard stars. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard. So that's out there. Hmm. Yeah. I've never seen it, but uh, it's her, out there. Her and Tommy, they did what on <laughs> their vacation? On their, on their honeymoon? What? And then with kid rock, she's clearly got a thing, you know, for like bad boy rock stars. That's why you become a rock star. We were talking about John Mayer a little bit earlier. It's, it's good to and be that's a rock why star. I was never allowed to catch Hep because she doesn't like little <laughs> Colombian guys. She, she, like, she likes the rock star type. 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on any of this of this ruckus that we're trying to start on here for the for the last 30 minutes, get on in. No doubt. I, I did want to get to something here this back half of the segment. Something that went a little bit under the radar with the Texans this week. And it's the fact that the Texans they got rid of their their pro personnel director. And that just happened here after the draft. And when Casario, the current GM came to the Texans originally, they got rid of the assistant pro 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 personnel director. So now the assistant is gone and the pro personnel director is gone, which a lot of times after drafts, that that stuff's kind of common when there's a regime change to where your staff prep for the draft for all this time. So you just roll with that. And then after the draft, you bring in your own guys. But right before the draft, we saw that they hired Patriots pro scout, Ronnie McGill. And it's interesting that they got rid of the director of pro personnel. So it tells you it's it's not a, a college scouting guy. It's a guy that works in pro personnel. And your pro personnel guys, they're looking at, you know, they're scouting all the other talent in the NFL, all the other pro players. So if it's free agency and you want to know if a certain player is, a, a you know, if you have a file on him, you keep track of everybody in case they become available to you. So they got rid of him, but it, and they haven't announced that that Ronnie McGill is is replacing him. But if you read between the lines, it, it it sounds like that might be the case. And I bring all this up to say we've heard so much about how this isn't Patriot South, you know, from from the owner, you know, from Cal McNair. Oh, we're not we're not Patriot South, but here we are, and they're getting rid of their pro personnel director, bringing in a guy from the Patriots. That's not a huge surprise. You want to work with people that you're familiar with. But I also thought about this, too, with the Patriot South stuff. Who in the NFL did more in free agency than the Patriots, right? They went bananas spending money this year, right? Well, the Texans, they didn't sign a bunch of top-tier free agents, but they went bananas as, as far as the quantity, like how many people they brought in, right? Completely turning over the roster. So that's similar to the Patriots, right? And then what did they both do with their first draft picks? They took pocket quarterbacks. Mac Jones. We see the pick. Yeah, the pick the Texans made. So I'm just kind of wondering, just, you know, putting all these things together, are they really not Patriots South? It seems pretty Patriots to me with what they're doing. There is similarities there. My question is, when does that, that tag to them die out because at first we thought it came with Bill O'Brien, right? And maybe he brought that, but then now that Casario's in house and Easterby came from the Patriots. Now that you have multiple guys and then they're in the office, you say, can this be a thing? Are they, why would they not want to replicate success? Right. That's what, that's what they want a lot of games. Why not? That's what they've done. They, they felt it. They've tasted victory. They know what it takes. Why not? replicate it but i think it's not that easy though it's not only them though it's easy to 
to try to put a, a certain motto in the in the within the organization or in the locker room. But I think it has to have so many pieces that that, for example, for that to work, I think it just it was so perfect that for the Patriot way, Bilicek and the, the team, the people believed in him so much, and he had a certain way he did things, and he had a certain way he approached it that it just all made so much sense for them that it worked. Per- Brady be taking the pay, like we said, not asking to get paid, uh, not having to do it with big name players. Just everything was so perfect that I feel that you're chasing a ghost at that point. Right. It, but doesn't that concern you that now we're seeing that maybe the secret was just Tom Brady? He yes. went he went to the Bucks and they win the Super Bowl. Patriots don't even make the playoffs. And the Texans are here. Let's model after the Patriots without the, the elephant in the room. You don't have Tom Brady on your team. That's the secret. Yes. Like Brady. Belichick maybe, yes, obviously some. But let's just take Brady. I hate to be that guy. Let's take Brady out of the picture, though. I don't think we talk about Belichick like we talk about him. No. And I think that's why he's gone out and drafted a quarterback and, and spent a bazillion dollars in free agency. He knows that people don't see him the same anymore. He has the same fever that Rodgers has. That, man, I can't lose like that. He got the best of me. I feel embarrassed. We got to make moves. Let's make moves. 30 minutes left here on The Blitz, ESPN 97.5. This is Heisman Trophy winner Troy Smith, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5. Go Bucks. is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Welcome back to The Blitz. It's Team Moneyline filling in. That's Josh Jordan. I'm Jerry Bowe. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 on Twitter. We've heard about Drew Brees, the competitor, the one that holds a few big records, passing records. How about Drew Brees, the troll? Because we knew. I, I I was 99.9% after I saw him. I, I, I did a little lip reading on that last game when he looked over to Jameis Winston when, that, when the Saints playoff game was coming to an end. And he said, this is your team now. Okay, I said at that point, he's done. Then, fast forward a few months, or not even that, maybe a few weeks, there was speculation that he was going to ride off into the sunset. Then all of a sudden, a video dropped, and it was Drew Brees pushing a sled. At which point, here comes Twitter. Twitter investigators of the world. Brees is back. Jameis, sit down. Hill, you sit down too. Go back to being a tight end, whatever the case. And Brees comes out, and he goes to show you that he was all fun and games. Basically, him and his trainer knew that there would be a there would be an uproar he says, I was retiring. He knew entire, the entire way that he was retiring right at the, the entire postseason. I was out mentally. Just kind of go to, it, kind, it just kind of goes to show you, you're referring to the workout video. I didn't say a word, right? There's no audio or anything of me in that. It's just me p- merely pushing the sled. Isn't it amazing how things could be interpreted with something just so simple, right? It didn't even involve a word. That's what we have to be so, we got to quit jumping to conclusions so fast. Now, being here in town, it's been a little shady with the wordplay because we have one quarterback, rap lyrics, that we're trying to decipher. But 
when it came to something like this, I'm not going to, I thought, okay, he's coming back. But goes to show you that on the other end, they know what they're doing. They're just, they're playing games as well. I mean, look at, look at the approach that Watt had, JJ Watt had to, to announce his, he had to have a buddy order the shirts to his, I think, whatever account. And just so they wouldn't trace it to his house and all just so he could be the one that broke the news. No rumors. This is where I'm going. That's the day and age we live in now. It is, but was it? I don't know if it was Breeze or his trainer that, that published it on social media. But either way, Breeze obviously gave the okay. To me, that just kind of reeks of, you know, look at me, right? Like, you know, why why would you do that unless you wanted people to start speculating and start talking about you again? I just, you know, what's funny too around that time is when we were hearing the Russell Wilson. To the yeah. Saints rumors. Remember that? Remember the the Saints the Saints uh, governor Ma- mayor, or mayor, or mayor, yeah. mayor came out and said something about, you know, come, you'll love it here, Sierra. Come on, one, two step y'all down here right now. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Maybe people thought, hey, I don't know. I just Breeze don't like, like They already forgot about me. Let me put out this video on Twitter. But like you said, it was actually was the trainer that posted it. But the conversation, it goes like this. I actually got a big kick out of it. That's what Bree said. There was actually that was actually my trainer, Todd Durkin, who I've worked with 18 years. He posted that and then texted me and said, watch what this stirs up. It was pretty funny. I knew I was retiring. Mm. Jerks. <laughs> hey, they gave us something to talk about. I know we talked about it on Moneyline that week when it happened that we we're like, maybe Breeze is thinking about coming back. And, I mean, it was an ugly last game for him. I, I always kind of wondered if he was going to be okay with that, you know, losing to Tom Brady, and he didn't play that great. What was it, the year before he had that poor game against Kirk Cousins? The, the Vikings playoffs? that yeah. blew it, then he ended up in that interception. at the Okay, so and double coverage. Ugh, we've ugly. talked about some big-time quarterbacks today. Breeze is going to be on that list of big-time quarterbacks, but I say that loosely because where on that list is he even, when we when we do it in tears and we've, we've established that, that Brady deserves his own, Okay, then when we when we hit that second tier of, and we're talking all time that we saw, obviously Joe Montana guys out there is cursing me around saying, yeah. "What about Joe Montana?" I'm saying of this era, let's call it the next, the last twenty years, right? Where we saw Peyton Manning, where we saw Drew Brees, where we saw Tom Brady, where we've now seen Aaron Rodgers. Where does Brees hold weight on these guys on that ladder? Because we know that he had the, you know, yard touch or, or yard uh, yeah. uh, records, passing yards. Yeah, but do we? Look at him as a step below. I think he's kind of in that group with with Peyton and and Rogers. I got Joe Montana above those guys. You know, I think only Brady has surpassed Joe Montana in my opinion. Is Steve Young up in there in that list? He's up there, but I got I got Joe above him. I, I think Brady and Joe are kind of off on their own with Brady on top, and then it, and it's kind of all those other guys because the numbers are so skewed because. They throw the ball so much now in the NFL. If Brady would have gone to the Bucks and looked mediocre, Bucks don't really make no noise, and Brady goes off and retires this year, doesn't want to take – do you – we still have him in that one category by himself where he's damn near untouchable. Uh, and I hate to use that term, but to me, he's untouchable. He separated himself with that that Bucks Super Bowl. Uh, like, how can he not have? I just, mean, just the, the scenarios. Yeah, the it, scenarios and the, the Belichick credit that used to be forever. That oh, it's seventy five percent Belichick and twenty five percent Brady. That all went out the window. Done that 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 Jordan that Jordan conversation you try to have with people is it Jordan Lebron that Belichick Brady that's done that guy that brings up that conversation you got to tell him let's talk about something else. You have to. I mean. What, he go to 10 Super Bowls and he won seven of them? 
I mean, that, that's pretty sporty. We talked on Sunday. There's no way Mahomes catches him now. I don't think so. You couldn't beat him at his worst. A young Mahomes that had a chip on his shoulder because his guy was offsides whenever Brady threw a pick in the biggest on the biggest stage. Uh, your revenge, you didn't get it. Now a lot are going to use excuses to offensive line. But, hey, I've seen Brady pull it time after time Yeah, with, with no excuses, excuses, however you do it. We've, we, we threw him in the cheater category earlier, yeah, but he always got up and punched you in the mouth again. He made you respect him whether you wanted to and you wanted to throw everything. Every time somebody threw Brady up, then you said, what the flip? And they're watching videos, and they're doing this, and, they, and he's got Belichick too. What, what are you going to say now? Nothing. You just got to tip your cap and, and be glad you got to see him play. You know, like so many people hate Tom Brady. They got tired of him, and it's the same reason that LeBron doesn't win the MVP every year because people get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. But, yeah, Tom's the best, and that's it. And with Mahomes, how much longer is Andy Reid going to be coaching? How much longer is he going to have, you know, Kelsey to throw to and Hill and, you know, just loaded offenses for Patrick Mahomes? Don't get me wrong. He's fantastic. I'm just saying things change. You know, eventually he's not going to have the best skill players to throw to. Where's the bar set right now for Mahomes? Because where we have it set right now, it basically makes it feel like if he doesn't have at least four Super Bowls in this in this run, especially for the amount of money he commands, then was it was it a, a bad sign? Or I don't even want to say bad signing, but was it did did it not work out? Was it not successful? No, I mean. If you're the Chiefs, you're like, I got to hold on to this guy. He's given me every indication that he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. You give him all the money, and yeah, I, I think it'd be a disappointment if, if he doesn't win another one. You At know, least one more yeah, he's to make it. it viable. Is that worth the the length of the contract he's got? The yeah. amount? Yeah, because they're going to be in the mix every year. And we point to Peyton Manning, you know, only what he had two Super Bowls, right? Think how many he could have won if Tom Brady wouldn't have kept knocking them out. You know, remember they kept having to go to Foxborough and they kept losing in the playoffs. You know, if Mahomes, you know, him and Josh Allen are, you know, going back and forth in the AFC for the next few years, you know, as long as you're in it, you're in the AFC championship game almost every year. I mean, what are you complaining about? You know, you got a shot every year with that guy. You talk about being, I guess, look back in life and saying, man, I got to watch Brady. You'll also get to say, I got to watch Brady versus Manning. Don't yes. don't you remember those games when they play each other? The buildup, you knew it was about to be off the hook. You knew it was it was going to be drastic, the things that happened on that field. If you look at them head-to-head, it's a little skewed because the first six times they played head-to-head, Brady beat them every time. First six. Then Manning came back with three in a row. Boom, boom, boom. And then towards the end, it was Manning that dominated. If you look at NFC or AFC championship games, I believe it was three and two. Manning had the lead three to two in in championship games. And remember, they had to change the rules because Manning kept losing. Remember, like yeah. the Patriots would be very handsy with the receivers, and they wouldn't let the guys get off the jam. And they changed the rules because of Peyton because they kept losing to the Patriots. I, we were spoiled. Yeah, we were spoiled. If you got to say, man, I watched Brady, the longevity. When you think back years from now, it might seem plain to a lot of people. By then, we might have these quarterbacks that are just, who knows, they're not going to look like Brady. Whenever he came out, they're just not. They're not. Gonna, we look at Mac Jones and that, that, just that, just the Brady factor and the way that, just the fact that Brady looked a certain way gave Mac Jones belief. People that said, you know what, I don't care what he looks like. Just think about that. That's the Brady factor. 
that people looked at Mac Jones and they're looking at all these these buff these these chiseled out and Davis Mills yeah for, for the Texans another pocket passer like, you know yeah. what I'll take I'll take a shot I've seen I've seen this work before that's the Tom Brady effect the Tom Brady effect that veterans leaving their team later on in their career for Russell Wilson I mean think about that when you talk, think about people that are committed loyalty you think about Russell Wilson then all of a sudden you got Russell Wilson talking on on Carol and his sons yep you're hearing you're hearing rumors like that that just goes to show you that they look at what Brady did and they they think I'm not going to waste my time here I want to be happy I want to be football happy I've been there before I've tasted success bring me back no doubt it's funny you brought that up too with with his sons being there with Pete Carroll well Bill Belichick's got his sons on the staff with the Patriots and you know we you know, we see some of that with the Texans, you know, ownership, passing it down to your son. A lot of times the players don't get along with the son. They got along good with dad, but maybe not with the son. So it's kind of funny how you see that cropping up across the NFL. 713-780-3776. We only got one segment left. Man, this show's flown by. It has. That's when you know you did all right, or, or at least sounded all right. They're on the other side. They're thinking, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is death. We have one segment left. That's all you got to put up with us. This is The Blitz, ESPN 97.5. The Blitz Blitz on ESPN 97.5. Listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Last segment here on The Blitz. I hope you enjoyed the show. This is Team Moneyline. That's Josh Jordan. I'm Jerry Bow. Let's finish this strong. And this is a touchy subject here, man, because this week the Denver Broncos reported that their player, Jawan James, suffered a significant injury potentially season ending while working out in his private gym away from the club's facility. Well, the writing in the contract clearly states that that's not covered. If you are to get injured doing your own workouts, that's just not in the writing. So now all of a sudden the Broncos have come out and, you know, and said that paragraph five clearly states that they're not going to pay him anything. You've got players pissed. I mean, players from other teams. You got the, the Kansas City Chiefs coming out, sticking up Tyreek Hill, Mahomes. He's coming out and saying, they're saying, you have to pay him. That's not right. What do you think about this, considering that the NFLPA this whole offseason was on the, we're not doing in-person workouts. We're going to, we're, we're, we're cutting down the OTAs. Where do we draw the line? Two things here. I think part of this is the NFL trying to pressure players into getting vaccinated so that, Hey, you want your money? Get vaccinated and show up. The other thing is we hear about this when guys get hurt away from the team. You know, like even in baseball and other sports, you hear about guys getting hurt that are they're not working out. But they're going to tell you they were working out when they got hurt, right? I, I think there was a I think there was something with Jeff Kent and with, with some other players where they got hurt doing non-sports things or working out. But then they tell the team, "Oh, I was working out. I fell off the treadmill or or I just I I fell down my stairs carrying in some groceries. You know what I mean? So I, I think there's part of that too. 
But we're going to see this in the stands, in the NFL, everywhere. Like, you know, we have uh, Ken Hoffman who works here, writes for Culture Map and Sports Map. He went to the Yankees game, the Astros-Yankees game. And he said to go, it's 25% capacity. You have to with- present yourself or present them with a negative COVID test within 72 hours or you have to show them you've been vaccinated just to get in. We're here in the Buffalo Bills. They're not going to let you in unless you've been vaccinated. So I think this is more of the NFL being like, we're going to draw the line here. You know, start showing up, go get vaccinated, and you don't have to worry about this. Man, they want that money. You know, Cal McNair said, we expect full full stands this year. So I think that's part of what this is. Buffalo Bills general manager Brandon Bean has made his stance pretty clear because according to the NFL protocols, if a certain amount percentage of your team is vaccinated, you're allowed to do some things in facility. Some of the some of the 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 video watching, you know, like all the preparation, all the in week preparation that goes into getting re- ready for your game day, that was done over the computer. It was done online. There was a big disadvantage of that. He goes out and says, "You guys saw it in the field house. We had three or four meetings going on, and someone was always talking over each other. It's chaos." He says that he would go to the extremity of if a player didn't get vaccinated, he would consider cutting them to get them through the threshold of saying X amount of players are vaccinated on our team so we can have the advantage of having in, in, in-person in meet team meetings. That's that's where we are now. Look, we, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the Patriots cheating. We talked about the Astro scandal. You're looking for every edge you can get. And if, if you get vaccinated, you can have more in-person workouts and practices. Teams are going to want to do that. that. That's an advantage for them. Look, it's just the harsh reality of the world we live in now is, look, we're not going to force you to get vaccinated, but you might have to sit out of some things if you choose not to. Now, the Mets aren't forcing you, but if you visit City Field, they're going to have a vaccinated seating section where you don't have to do social distancing. You can sit normal. They'll also give away free tickets to anyone that gets vaccinated at the game. Yes, and the Yankees are, are doing the very same thing. They're, they're going to do that, too. Vaccinated at the game? Yep. They, then they give you a free ticket. Walking around with a, with a sore arm? Yep. <laughs> eating nachos with your other hand? Yeah. I guess that's what it's come down to. You better hope you don't get no fever. Your game gets cut short. I mean, I just don't know. Like you said, they're pushing the incentive, uh, incentive to, 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 hey, come on, get it. It is. And it's, you know, it's in Ken's article. I'm going to have it published later tonight. But Yankee Stadium will soon be a COVID vaccination mega site. You get your shot, free ticket to a Yankees game. You know, and he says here, maybe something the Astros should consider. And I don't think it's a terrible idea. But like I said, that's the world we're living in. And a lot of these football players, they're going to have to decide what's more important to me. I was at the Astros game not long ago, and they enforce it when you're walking. But when you're sitting, it was no. It's completely different. And there was people all around us now that I think of it. Uh, there was no social distancing in the Crawford boxes. No. And they enforce it a lot more at the Yankees games. Like, people are actually walking around. They're a lot more stringent with it in New York. They just are. And, and think about it. They got hit so bad with that first wave. And everybody lives on top of each other. They all take public transportation. It affects them a little differently because they're just so close to each other. When I was in Vegas... Uh, whenever I went out there, I was wondering how they were going to enforce it. Oh, man, I'm telling you, inside those casinos, in between drinks. I mean, 
a couple of times I had ice in my mouth still, and I'm chewing ice, and they'd come up and they'd say, "Hey, hey mask guy, mask," and, and I'm like, "Really? I have ice in my mouth," and they're like, "You got to put it up. You got to put it up." They they weren't playing any games there in Vegas, and as soon as you get up, say you're at the craps table. As soon as you get up, it's like they have people sitting everywhere, and and it's some casinos. Some casinos are more laid back, but like the Venetian, for example, they had somebody by every table with a with a bottle of sanitizer, and then they come up and like like a pit crew. Just real quick, boom, 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 boom. Same thing with poker. When I played in a poker tournament, as soon as I got up, they switched me tables. They came and and they they even did the glass because there was plexiglass, and they even came and sprayed the glass. I'm thinking, wow, this. They kept switching out the cards. The chips supposedly get washed a certain way. I mean, this is where we are now. Vegas is opening all the way up now, though. From what I'm hearing, Vegas is is. Full goal mode pretty soon, so things are getting back to normal per se. And the the NFL draft is there next year, you know. So that's going to be crazy. I'm going to be, be there that entire week. You know, I'm thinking about going too because, as you know, you know, I I had planned on going when it was in Vegas the first time, but then you know the whole world shut down. Uh, we were talking about how they were doing it in front of Bellagio. If you know, as the players got drafted, if they would jump in the fountains at the Bellagio, I think it's gonna, I think we are going to see something like that next year with the next draft. I think it'll be cool. I hope you thought the the show was cool. I hope that we fulfilled your sports fantasies. Maybe a little bit of gambling once that maps over hits over 235 and a half. I'm signing off for Moneyline. I hope you enjoyed the show. That's Josh Jordan. I'm Jerry Bonos with a Z. We are Team Moneyline. We do this every single Sunday from 10 every to noon. Every Sunday at Moneyline 97.5 on Twitter. Hit us up at Jerry Bonos with the Z at Josh Jordan 97.5. Aaron, what's your handle, buddy? At Aaron is blitzed. At Aaron is blitzed. All right. So wrapping up for the show, signing off like we do every single Sunday. That was Josh Jordan. That was Aaron Raybould. Now I'm Jerry and Bo Knows with a Z. Peace.